Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. This is Jenny Allen, and you are listening to the Made for This podcast. Well, guys, today is going to be so much fun. Miss Kay Robertson is here with us, and all of you probably know exactly who I'm talking about from Duck Dynasty, and we're going to talk a little bit about her life, her family. As many of you know, I am madly in love with several members of her family, namely Sadie is one of my dear sister friends, and so many of you have been blessed by their family. And so it's fun to talk to the matriarch, Miss Kay, and to hear a little bit about your story and Phil's. And I know all of this, if y'all don't know, is coming out in a movie in theaters, which, gosh, did you ever dream... 20, 30 years ago, there'd be a movie about your life, Miss Kay, in the theaters. But I did say to my kids, I said, you know, y'all are so funny and so crazy. They should make a movie about us. And that was <laughs> so many years ago that we had never been at anything. So that was just out of the top of my head. We'll go, I mean, we'll, we'll go way back. And I, I really want you to share a little bit about your story with Phil and how the whole family began. But talk a little bit about how that happened with Duck Dynasty. Was that just the most surprising thing when it when it all unfolded? Uh, it was. It was a shocker, but I don't know. I, I have my ideas on how that really happened so fast. Um, we had been in the show for 10 years, and, uh, you know, Phil and I, just kind of a slow growth. We were growing every year, but not very, just slow, slow. So the year that Willie wanted to come in with us, and he actually bought into the company, and came in with us. It wasn't too long after that that he said, "We're I'm going to get us on TV." And of course, I <laughs> said, "Oh, Willie, bless your heart, you can't do that." He said, "Oh yeah, yeah, Mama, I can." Of course, I didn't believe him, and yet here we got on TV for five years. Oh my gosh! And it was so special. My kids, my son is an avid outdoorsman, and so. We would all watch it together, and it just it was it meant so much to all of us out there raising our kids together, just to see the fruit of a really healthy, strong family, as wild as y'all were. So, talk a little bit about about the beginning of all of this. So, you and Phil have quite an interesting story, and I don't know that everybody has heard it yet. So, to so talk a little bit about how you all met and what the beginning felt like for you. Well, of course, we were we were uh, high school sweethearts. And all, but I had a kind of sadness to my life because I lost my daddy when I was 14. He died at 49 of a heart attack. Wow. And my mother was dating after then. So we were dating at the same time. That wasn't easy. No. And she wanted to move to Oklahoma, but I became a problem because, you know, my boyfriend was in Louisiana. I wasn't going to Oklahoma. So anyway, that is really one of the main reasons why we went ahead and hooked up as early as we did, because it was just the best thing. And I told her, I said, Mom, I'm I'm ready. 
I know I don't seem mature, but I'm telling you, I can be that way. And uh, how how old were you, Miss Kay, when you married uh, Phil? At Seventeen, literally seventeen. And when we moved, and I uh, literally, what was so funny about it is, you know, I missed my last year of school, and I was just determined I'm going to get my last year of school. But I didn't want to take the test. I wanted to literally go back, and I did as a married student over at Ruston High School where I graduated and got my diploma. Of course, that wasn't where I went to school the rest of the time, but Phil was at Louisiana Tech, so it was right there. So I did get my, I was just determined to do it, and I did it, even with a baby at home. Wow. I made it. And uh, we just had some hard years there, but some good years. He did, you know, football, did real good. Of course, he was glad to see Terry Bradshaw come along because Phil was about tired of football by that time. And all Bradshaw wanted to do was play, play, play. So it worked out really well. So, we went yeah. So what happens next? Well, we got our first job in Junction City, Arkansas. So we went up there for Phil to be a coach and teacher. And uh, I was just raising the kids at home. And then I got a job at the school as a secretary. So we were up there. And you had how many kids at that point? I, I believe I had all but Jeff. And so things were okay. And it was hard and y'all were figuring it out. But Bill wasn't but, a Christian at that time. So Right. So talk a little bit about his journey and just how that felt for you. Because it was it was messy. He's honest about that. Very messy. And it started in college because so many times they didn't have a lot of married college students. So a lot of the students that played football at, from Tech, they would go, they would do a like a thirty day retreat, and all which pulled him away from his family for thirty days. And he was always, you know, boys that are dating and wild and all that. So I think that's where Phil got off on the wrong foot with, you know, not living the good life of a husband and a father, mm -hmm. and. Uh, I hated that, but I just thought it was all because he was in college. And as soon as we would get to our first job, he would quit that. Mm. But when we got to our first job, the guy who hired him was just like the guys that played on the football team. So they mm. were, drink, you know, drinking and stuff like that. So he went right back into that life. So he, you did know God or not? Uh, were you I, did, I, I didn't know him as my personal savior. I knew him. And I grew up always knowing who he was, but I didn't have him the way I should have him. So you were persevering because of the kids, because of of life, but you had to feel lonely in that season. Oh, I did. I did. And it seemed like you were embarrassed to tell people. So you yeah. hardly had anybody to talk to about it because you didn't want to, you just felt so embarrassed. Mm. It was hard. Yeah. And I Let's remember sitting out yeah. all night at night just waiting for him to come home. He didn't come home. Gosh. Okay. So, Miss Kay, it, it turns around and it turns around in a pretty big way. So tell a little bit about how that happened. Well, the shocking part is that Phil, and I don't know what made him do this, but it was just a time and we had left the school and we were in another little town. He was doing another job, but he just came home one day. And I guess I had tried to talk to him about, you know, trying to leave that life and not drink and do all that. 
And I guess I just made him mad, really. And he he had said this, which the boys couldn't believe. They're sitting there with their with their mouth open, set because he said, "I just need for y'all to move to leave." Instead of him leaving, he wants us to leave. Wow. I said, well, wow. there's three uh, three boys and me, and you want us to leave. I wanted to say, why don't you leave? But I was so shocked about it. I just told the boys, I said, go get a bag, pack some stuff, and we're just going to get away from him right now. Wow. He's not in a good place. Wow. And it wouldn't be best for us to stay. So oh. we went to his brother's and spent the night. And then even his brother said, I can't let you stay longer because I'm afraid of Phil. So oh, my gosh. You about 20 miles over to the town we're in now. And uh, the preacher at the church who I talked to, he said, we'll find you a place. They found a little house that you rented based on your income. And so I had low income. So it turned out to be our little house. And that's what we did. But it was real hard for the boys to get there a few things and leave. Oh my gosh. And so all this time Phil is is just acting terrible. And he's and he's not convicted he's about it at all. The job. He still no. is able to maintain a job, but he's just off the job. He's not living right. Okay, so when when did when did it change? What happened? Uh well, it was when he told us that he just you know, he he just didn't want us to live. This is going backwards, but he just couldn't live with us anymore, you know? And um, so anyway, this may have been the second time he did this, and he left this time. And um, we were just going to carry on without him, you know? And I talked to the boys, and they kept saying, Mama, is Daddy going to find us? Is he going to find us? Uh, And I told him, I said, we're just going to pray for him every day. And we're going to go on, and y'all are going to go to school. I'm going to go to work. We're going to church. We're going to do everything at church we can do and to keep ourselves busy because I knew that would be real hard for them without their dad. And uh, that's what we did. And it was Mm -hmm. a few months later, and uh, I came out from my lunch at work, and there he was out by the truck. And my girlfriend said, oh, he might be drunk. I said, no, he didn't look that way. I don't believe he'd be up here that way. So I said, I'm going to go talk to him. And she said, well, I'm going to watch. And if he acts ugly, I'm calling the police. Wow. I said, well, feel free to do that. But I don't think he's going to do that. And he didn't. He was crying. He never cried. And he said, I can't eat. I can't drink. He said, "I, I, I want my family. I want my family back. And I said, well... You know what it takes to get your family back. And he said, I won't drink anymore. And I said, no, you said that before, and you couldn't stop drinking. And I told him, I said, no, you'll have to do much more than that. And then he said, well, I want to talk to that preacher. And I said, okay, I can make that happen. But until you do, and that happens, you can't move back with us. So that's done. Took him I mean, two nights studying with the preacher. Really? And then he wanted Jesus. Yeah, he told the preacher, he said, I'm going to check out everything you tell me because I don't believe you. And the preacher said, well, if I'd been running around with who you run around with, Phil, I wouldn't trust people either. Mm. So Phil liked him right off. You know, he thought he knows what he's talking about. 
So sure wow. enough, it took him two studies, and then he was ready to change his life. And he really, really did, didn't he? He really, really. That's what the little boys were like, standing up there at the church, you know, before he was baptized. They were like, Mama, is he really going to be changed? And I said, yes, he is. I wow. said, he's got the devil living in him now, but he's going to have Jesus living in him. And wow. they said, boy, that's what he needs. And I said, <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> it is exactly. Wow. And they were so happy. Oh, I told that's amazing. I told them know how to act for a while. We would have sure. to how to act. So it just sounds like I want to know that preacher. <laughs> I wish he was still alive today. He was wonderful. Oh, what a gift. I mean, the fact that he helped you find housing, is it the same one? It's the one that helped you find housing? But he went it's to the beer gorgeous. joint to talk to Phil. That could have been his life. That yeah. could have been so dangerous. And he yeah. did that. Wow. Well, I know after that, like there's people listening right now going, I didn't know God changed lives like that. And you just don't know anything different, right? Like that's just... Your God. How has that affected your faith in general of what God can do? Well, I just know that I prayed for 10 years constantly. And I lived with it. my grandmother telling me, you know, to fight for your marriage. And I did that. And I prayed and I, I, I never thought of divorcing him. I never thought of wanting another man. I never think of anything except this marriage can be right. It can be good but I'm going to have to fight for this marriage. And mm. then after 10 years, I was wondering. I really was. It was my, you know, I talk about it in the show at that time that I really was in that bathroom. You know, I was so, it just seemed like, Lord, I gave him 10 years and he's not changing, you know? And then I was kind of pleading with God. And of course, he changed him. And I think it's just to have the faith. But I said to everybody around me, when I really came to the Lord, I said, even if Phil never comes around, me and my kids are going to love God and live for him, and we're going to have a good life, the best wow. we can. But it's not a complete life. I want it to be all of us. You know, I think about that season of your life and all the fruit that has come from both your faith and his faith and y'all's lives. And what would you say, like, I mean... You got to make a movie about your life. Like, what would you say the banner over it all is, the story of the Robertson family? I say it's never give up. Never mm. give up on God. Never mm. give up on God. Because if you had known the field before and right. afterwards, you wouldn't believe it. You would have to say, how did that happen? Wow. And that's what people saw. It was a great testament that God can change people. And was it hard to forgive him? Uh, I think I have a forgiving spirit, so I was able to forgive him easier than most. I think yeah. forgetting is harder than forgiving sure. because sure. you would just have something come up that could have been from his past or something, and then it would be like a flashback to him doing bad. But I got over it. When you think about the the rest of the story and the people that God has brought into your son's lives and the grandchildren you have and the now great-grandchildren that you're enjoying, what do you feel when you look at your whole family together? I'm so proud. I feel like I'm not worthy to have so much. 
Mm. But I'm so blessed that I do. And, mm. and you know, I talk with people, women all the time that are struggling either in the marriages or with their children, with their grandchildren, they're having a horrible time. And their, uh, you know, family members are not, they're not wanting to follow God. And they're like, what did you do? And I, I told them, I said, it's not an instant yeah. thing. It's prayer, long-suffering, patience. It's a lot. And many women I saw that their families, their husbands did turn around. But there were some that they never did. Yeah. What would you say to them? I say to them, there's a time. Because I, I say you fight for your marriage. But I've told two or three different sisters that I work with, and I'm talking about sisters in Christ, that their husbands, we went through it all together. Yeah. They had just taken off with a, another girl, you know, or something. And and there's a time when God said, it's okay. Yeah. It is the time yeah. that you can sever that because they've turned away in the yeah. adultery and uh, you need to go ahead. But many yeah. people still want to fight to, to you know, want, think they can come out of that. And some have, but some don't. And that does give you the blessing of God to say, it's okay. It's mm. okay. But I'll tell you one thing. I will tell those sisters in Christ, you look good and hard for your next spouse. And yeah. you better look for a man of God mm. or one that can be. That's good. We're talking about grace in this podcast season. And I think somewhere we we're looking at the book of Galatians and and somewhere in the story of religion and walking with God even in today in the church, we've really complicated it. And it feels like when you tell your story, I want to say, you know, it's not always that simple, but but lots of times it is. <laughs> like lots of times he just changes our life. What would you say your understanding of the simple gospel is? Oh, I learned that the simple gospel of Jesus coming to earth for me, getting on that cross and dying for me and for everybody else, but for me, I'm talking about now. And then he went in that tomb and stayed three days and came up for me. And he went back to heaven to be with God so he could hear our prayers. For me. And one day he's coming back to get me. And I'm talking about everybody else, but I'm just saying it in my sense of me now. I know. Coming yeah. back to get me and take me to heaven. I mean, nothing else is more important than that. I'm thinking of the person listening right now that's in addiction of any kind that is listening to this story and they can't believe it. They can't believe because they wanted this. They've prayed for this. They've prayed that God would save them, that God would change their desires. What what would you say to them, having watched Phil walk through that? That if he can give up his drunkenness, his uh, fight, and he fought all the time, his adultery, all those things that there were many more sins, I just can't list them all, that that was going on. And if you'd have known him, you would have never thought he'd be the man now. He uh, He's the biggest soul winner practically in our church. Yeah. I, I want to talk about that because I know about that. I, a lot of people are getting saved around your town, and your son's a part of it, and Phil's a part of it, and I think Christian Huff's a part of it. Let's let's talk a little bit about that story because 
that was a passion of Phil's. Like he just has been sharing Jesus with everybody always. What happened was, and this was his exact words, when he became a Christian, he told me and the preacher, he said, what I want to do now is all the people I helped lead going to hell, I want to lead them now to Jesus. So I am on a campaign to convert everybody I've ever led down the path. That was his exact (laughs) words. And that's what he did. He He was constantly having went after him. Yeah, there's not better evangelists than those that have just become Christians because the life change is evident to everyone that knew them. And they largely have a circle of unbelieving friends. And so, yeah, we've seen that happen for people in our lives as well, that when they when they change, a lot of people change with them because it's compelling. It's a compelling picture of God's power. You can't talk about anything else. Yeah. <laughs> and he's still kind of that way, isn't he? Yes, he is. <laughs> Even as a grandpa and everything. Well, I'm grateful for the lives that God has blessed you with. And I'm grateful for the people that God has blessed you with in your family. And I mean, it's fun. I'm sure you think of, you know, a thousand years from now and all the lives that will be in heaven because of the Robertsons and that trickle down from, from that day. I know you're close to Sadie. And it's so funny because Phil said when he went and heard her the first time, he was so blown away. He said, She's a she's a little me. Oh, preachers like I do. He said he looked at me and he said, "I I've never heard she's so good. She's yeah. so wonderful." I mean, he was blown away when he heard her speak the first time. Completely blown away. Well, all of us feel that way about Sadie. I remember I saw a video of her when she was fourteen, and she was just doing a little Bible study online, and I actually saw her, met her when she was about that age for the first time. And I told her, I was like, girl, the hand of God is on your life and you were going to share his word with many, many people. Well, she kind of blew it off because she was 14 years old and boy crazy and just didn't think much of it. But I wrote, I wrote her a letter at that point in her life, an email, and she never got it. And we became friends later, real friends. And she pulled, she was pulling up an email and she saw it. And it was now six years later, and now she feels called to ministry, and now she's teaching the Word of God. And she pulled up the letter, and it was like word for word, like what I had seen like she would do, you know? And she was doing it all, you know, now six years later. But it was just because when I saw her doing it, I was like, this is what you're made to do. And she's had every opportunity to do other things, and not that she won't take some of them, but largely she's just knows she exists to preach Jesus. <laughs> Kind of like your husband. I wish you had known her when she was four, five, six years old. Uh, and, and Corey would say, Sadie, you want to preach to us today? Now, she was that. And she would say, and God, and God, he's in heaven, you know, and he made Jesus. You know that? And if you don't know that, you better get your Bible and you better read it. You better read it. That's I love this story. And she that did. just makes sense. She came out of the womb ready. <laughs> she did. She literally oh. did. It was the cutest little child speaking for God I've yeah. ever. Well, you felt like a grandmother to all of us out here as we watched the show. We felt like you were mothering and grandmothering all of us. And and we just, you know, I, I'm at the stage now where my first child just got married. And I'm thinking a lot about 
building a legacy family of just where we're close and we stay in each other's lives. And you all have done that so beautifully. It's really an inspiration to all of us. I want to tell you that I give a lot of credit because I stayed with my grandmother much while I was growing up because my parents ran a store and they were working all the time. And I want to tell you something. She would sit in the swing outside with me and she would constantly tell me things about God. She would just tell me simple things. She would tell me scripture. She would just tell me so much of right and wrong. I think that really meant something to me. Yeah. My side, I think it got in. Well, that's what I'm thinking is, is when you didn't have anywhere to go, you went to a church. You went to a pastor. And that's probably coming from a grandmother. (laughs) I give her the credit. We are so grateful to Miss Kay for just being a part of the show today and especially being vulnerable and willing to tell their story. You have heard of Duck Dynasty and the Robertson family, especially Jenny's dear, dear friend, Sadie Robertson Huff and her mom, Corey, and just all the different times that they have been on the show. Um, We are big fans of the Robertson family and they have a new movie coming out called The Blind that is telling the entire never-before-revealed details of their family history and Phil Robertson's story. The Blind will be in theaters starting September 28th. Thank you guys for listening today to another episode of the Made for This podcast. parts o'reilly auto parts has parts need them fast we've got fast no matter what you need we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it product availability just one part that makes o'reilly stand apart the professional parts people oh 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 o'reilly auto parts With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply.